and welcome to the Macabre Family Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie, here as always with my mom. Hello! So it's been a busy week here for everyone at Macabre Family HQ. And when I say busy, I mean the longest week ever because as a retired person, you've been working. Oh my God. <laughs> you must my be ex- body hurts so bad. I know. You must be exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of tired. I went up on the lift today and did some windows. Oh God, I say retired. Everybody's going to think you're an old lady. She's only 55 or 56, I, oh, folks. Thank you. 56, <laughs> folks. <laughs> so she's not old. <laughs> so hopefully... We sound better today. I have my mother locked in her room. Thank you. With mm-hmm. a headset. And so we figured out last week why she was so quiet. We had to start and restart a couple times. And uh, the... Com- I'm not computer savvy. No. Well, the computer defaulted to her computer mic, and she's moving all around. And uh, the mic I gave her, like an actual mic, was hooked up, but it wasn't registering her. It was just her computer Mike, so that's why it sounded bad. Ooh. So we're working on it. We hopefully sound better today. <laughs> so we sound better, but are we better? No. Yes. Um, I want to thank oh. Christina okay. for taking part of the contest and winning the Hulu gift card. I will be sending that out today. See, and how easy was that, Christina? Huh? Right. Easy peasy. Click, click, click. There you Uh, are. And once again, we have cards and stickers available. Stickers are limited quantity. So if you'd like a couple, uh, send us an email at macabrefamilypod at gmail. Katie is also working on a template to um, get a logo so we can put on some clothing. So that's in the work right now. Uh, So we're starting all over again because my mom had her mic too close to her face. So today, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> today we are talking about an unsolved case, which I don't like. I don't like unsolved cases. I don't like not having an ending. It's like watching no. a movie where it stops in the middle. That kind of situation. Unfinished business. I hate it. I hate it. I hate yep. it. I hate How it. How do you think the family feels? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, that's the whole thing too. It's like people don't find out they're grieving, and I mean, it's just <sighs> sad. Yeah. You don't, uh, you don't have any answers. No. But that's, no I mean, reasoning. if they're missing, it's just, like, if somebody gets mur- well, murdered and you never find out who did it, it kind of sucks, too. You're always looking at behind your back. Right, right. Don't know if they got the wrong person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're going flashback to 1980, when you were 15 years old. And I was four years away from being <laughs> born, people. <laughs> so, Mom... Uh, mom no said that (laughs) (laughs) dorothy jane scott was 32 years old so isn't that like how old momor was uh when i was 15 yeah let's see 15 30 she was 20 she was 35 close close yeah close so she had a four-year-old son named shanti but as he grows up he likes to be called sean so that's what we'll call him shanti's shanti like yeah it sounds like a girl's name shanti Dorothy is a quiet introvert who keeps to herself a lot. She's religious. Everyone said Dorothy was an amazing mom and that Sean meant more to her than anything. She didn't go out or do any drugs. She was a goody-goody. Good, That's good. why it's like it's hard to imagine. Hard to imagine. Yeah. What yeah. Happened, Somebody yeah. took us such a liking. When Dennis, Sean's dad, found out Dorothy was pregnant, he hightailed it out of there and went to Missouri where he lived 
at the time we are talking about. Run, Daddy, run. D- yeah, no shit. Right? Yeah. Bye. See ya. Dorothy Jenny, and Sean live with her aunt in Sat- Staten, California. That's about 20 minutes from her parents who lived in Anaheim. And, like, not really sure why she lived with her aunt. They don't talk about it in anything I read. Yeah, well, they I could read. be close in age, just like Hunter and Mikhail. Well, me. Yeah, well, Hunter and Mikhail. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you and Hunter. You yeah. Know, well. well, we're not uh, close in age. <laughs> no, no, but your kids are. <laughs> yeah. They, um... She worked as a backroom secretary for two jointly owned stores in Anaheim. And they keep saying backroom secretary, and it just sounds so weird. Like, yeah, it must be. I mean, be, a secretary just, just work in the back room anyways. Yeah, yeah, backroom secretary. Just, she has nothing to do with the store. Yeah, they were called, the stores she worked at were called Swinger's Psych Shop and Custom John's Head Shop. Now you want, yeah. may be wondering why she worked um, at a place that sold stuff for smoking weed she's not gonna take any of it she's she's a goodie goodie so a head shop for those that don't know because i don't even think they do they even have them anymore head shops yeah uh new hampshire (laughs) yeah yeah um they're the only ones in new england they smoke that's a place where you can buy bowls and bongs and that sort of thing (laughs) for smoking quote unquote tobacco but it i mean it's for smoking weed simple yeah. as that <laughs> uh, yeah. we, me and my mom have both been kicked out of head shops for calling things what they really are and not what well, the I mean I guess they can get in trouble yeah we'll put a list on the door so yeah. we know what they're actually called don't you pretend like this stuff's not for weed is that basically it <laughs> yeah. yeah she worked there because her father used to be a co-owner of swingers which is a psych shop it's like it reminds me of Spencer's gifts like it sells like Black lights and posters, stuff like that. Yeah, 60s, 70s. 70s Yes. Her parents lived right near the shops, so when she went to go to work, she dropped Sean off at their house. Oh, Vera perfect. You're right. Pa- uh, built-in babysitters. Yeah. Vera and Jacob Scott were Dorothy's parents. At work, she kept her head down, did her work, and a work colleague would later say she was as exciting as a phone book. <laughs> It's funny. It's harsh, but you can kind of get the picture of the type of person we're talking about. She didn't make waves. simple, cut and dry. Yeah. Kept her head down, took care of her family, went to church. She didn't have any, like, she didn't do anything. Which is why, when you hear about the story, you're like, what? What? I know. That's why I'm saying when I was reading it, I'm like, are you kidding me? This poor woman. For several months, Dorothy started receiving unwanted phone calls. And this was before the time when there was caller ID or ways to block the numbers. Like I said, 1980. They started out polite by telling Dorothy how much he was in love with her, complimenting her outfit, and how much he wanted to be with her. The thing was, Dorothy didn't know who the caller was. And she did not know how he knew what she was wearing (laughs) during the day. Um, He would hang up. He never told her her name. When she told police, when she told people later about this, she would say she knew the voice but couldn't place it. This went on, but then things went downhill when he started threatening to kill her and describing her daily routine, talking about where she went, who she talked to, and the route she drove. Only things somebody following her would know. Yeah, you guessed it. She was being stalked. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's so you know the way she lived. It's like. Yeah. Somebody in her parish, I'm thinking, but, you know. Well, see, Dorothy didn't keep this to herself. She explained one call to her mom. 
Vera that scared her. She said the caller told her he was going to chop her up into little bits yeah. so no one would ever find her. The calls got to the point that they were happening all the time and they were getting increasingly scary. She started feeling scared no matter where she went. She started taking self-defense classes or karate classes. I'm not sure. I heard it both ways. Yeah. She even thought about getting a gun and spoke with her parents and on about it, but she decided against it with Sean being in the house because it scared her and, like, she didn't want him to get hurt. It can be used against you just as well and kids, you know? If you're not good with it. No, 1980s, too. I don't... I think they were just coming around with gun safety. Yeah. May 28th, 1980, was just a normal day at the start for Dorothy. She dropped Sean off at her parents' house and went to work. After work, they had a staff meeting at Swingers that she had to attend. At the meeting, she noticed one of her co-workers who was looking a little off and had a red swelling on his arm that progressively got worse as the night went on. This co-worker was named Conrad Bostrone. So Dorothy decided to she he needed to go to the hospital. Another co-worker named Pam Head went along with them. On the way, though, for some reason, Dorothy stopped at her parents' house. So that's, like... Why did she... He, she needed to get him to the hospital, but she had to stop? I don't understand why she stopped either, because she. I was thinking she was just getting to work. Why would you need to stop when you kind of just left? Usually, I mean, I could be yeah. just reading into it. Usually you have your meetings in the morning. Well, no, it was at night. It was like nine at night. Yeah. It was after the work day. They ha- were having a meeting, and so her parents late, knew that. So that's why she... Okay. But why didn't she call from the shop and be like, I'm bringing this kid to the hospital, I'm going to be late? Or even when she got to the hospital, if it's right. such a rush. Right. But so, maybe she had to bring a gallon of milk. Oh, she makes a pit stop. No, she didn't bring milk. And no, I guess, so she wanted to let her parents know that she was going to be late. And Don't forget, we didn't have cell phones back then either. I know, but she was at Swinger. She could have called. I know, I know. She also did something weird. She changed her scarf. Uh, yeah, from she went, black to red. Yep, she went to work wearing a black scarf. When she got back in the car, she was wearing a red one. Now, now that's weird. Now, put a pin in that one, because that will come up later. The hmm. three then drove in Dorothy's 1973 white Toyota station wagon to UC Irvine Medical Center. Dorothy and Pam sat in the waiting room while Conrad was being treated for what turns out to be a black widow spider bite. So, mm. I listened to a couple podcasts about it, and one of them mentioned that back in the day, doctors would say to people that this person had a spider bite, but it was actually code for, like, intravenous drug use. Oh. Oh, okay. And that, that way it would keep, like, their dignity? I, I don't know. No, so, I get it. That, I mean, it doesn't say anything about it, and that was just what I heard on another podcast. I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find anything about it. I don't think it's going to be like, yes, as doctors, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, we all say it's a spider bite. But it really is. He shot up in his arm and it's infected. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, yeah. That would make more sense if he had been bitten by a spider and he had a weird swelling on his arm, like da-da-da. They would have rushed him to the hospital if they knew he was a drug user and he just did something wrong with his arm. Right. Maybe that's why they were like, well, 
you got to go to the hospital, but we're not rushing you because it's your own damn fault. Yeah. Um, this is just my speculation, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but that's just that's just what I heard. I mean, you grew up in the 80s. I mean, did... Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't like it was today. <sighs> I know, right? Because kind of like the 60s and the 70s, all that, all that kind of needle use was going away. Yeah. <laughs> not going away, but... I mean, like we, I, we've talked about this before. Like growing up in high school, I never knew anybody. I didn't know what heroin was till later in my life as an no, adult. I didn't know. People around. People just got drunk and went to school or smoked weed. Like there wasn't a bunch of druggies. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, now it's scary. It is. So, Pam, I I said Black Widow, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, Black Widow. Um. Pam would later say that during the time that Conrad was seeing the doctor that Dorothy never left her side. They sat together chit-chatting, reading magazines. Once Conrad was getting ready to get discharged, Dorothy told them she was going to go to the restroom and bring the car around while Conrad and Pam got his prescription. This moment would be the last moment Dorothy was ever seen alive again. Uh. So that's that. It took about 10 minutes to get the prescription filled, and then Pam and Conrad went to the front to wait for Dorothy. They waited for what seemed like a long time, or about 10 minutes or so. Um, so, like, when it comes to eyewitnesses, you got to like, put five minutes on or off when it comes to time frames. Right. Because nobody, I mean, nobody's going to... They're not paying attention to the time, but they can only assume or yeah. guess... You could say this felt like two minutes, but it's really been 20. 20. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they saw Dorothy's car coming towards them. According <coughs> to them, a little too quick for her to be able to stop for them. They waved their arms up and down trying to flag the car down. Dorothy's car had the high beams on, so they couldn't see who was driving. The car sped past them. They started to jog after the car, but then as the car got towards the exit, shut off the lights and took a sharp right turn. Oh my God! Now immediately thinking the worst, Conrad and Pam at first not not immediately thinking not the, thinking the worst, just thinking that she just took off. Yeah, maybe they they thought that maybe she made a phone call home and there was an emergency. She had to rush off because they knew right. Sean was important. Don't you think you ought to roll down the window and holler it out as you yeah, go right. by? If that was the case, but I mean, yeah, when you that happens, you're just like, wow, what an asshole! Are they? Thanks, thanks, bud. Yeah. <laughs> they waited. Yeah, but the girl, the woman was like a phone book quote. Exactly. Unquote. So they waited a little bit before they gave. Then they gave campus police a call, who did not seem concerned at all. Campus they, police. They waited a little longer, and by little I mean a couple hours. They then <sighs> called um, Vera and Jacob's house to see if Dorothy came and picked up Sean, and they said no. They hadn't heard from her. And that's when her parents got worried. Her parents called the police to find a mis file a missing persons report, but since Dorothy was an adult, they don't do anything about it. No, because they have to wait twenty four hours or well, forty eight in some e cases. Even as, but even then, as an adult, you're allowed to you're go missing. missing apparently, yeah. not crazy. if you owe the government money, though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Because they will find you They're and gonna put you find down. you. And this is where we're going to take a quick break.
And we're back. Hello. May 29th, 1980, at 4.30 a.m., a white Toyota station wagon was found in Santa Ana set on fire. Oh. Right? Did you not read that? No. I didn't get that far. (laughs) (laughs) At first, the police didn't um, tie this to Dorothy. They just, it's a car on fire. They didn't run it? They didn't run the plates? When I say on fire, I mean demolished engulfed yeah once they realized that the car on fire was dorothy's they started to take her missing person's case a little more seriously oh imagine once the police became active in the case of dorothy missing they asked vera and jacob to not go to the press and go on as if nothing was wrong they didn't want to alert the kidnapper and they didn't want any information to the press this is stupid Mm -hmm. like they they obviously Mm -hmm. wanted them to, to hold their cards closer to the chest but like you can only hold them so close. People have got to have seen her. No shit. Like, you if, know? So the Scots listened to police, and all they wanted Dorothy's back so they comply. And, like, it's, it's stupid. This precious time where they, if they reached out to the press and been like, this woman went missing, here's her, where we found her car, did anybody see her? Does anybody see exactly. something strange? Because, like... What were wh- they afraid of? Psh, psh, 1980s? I don't... Lord knows... Witnesses are unreliable, like, as it is. And as time goes on, it just becomes more unreliable. Well, I mean, get back to the addicts in the world. Right, like... You know, but... They... This was, like, happened at, like, 11 p.m. Like, she went missing around 11, right? Right, right. The people out... I mean, they might not be the best people, but, like, fuck. If somebody saw some weird a taxi driver... Like, how did they get her car? They light her car on fire. Where, I see how, nothing. Well, they, I, I mean, see nothing. Like, where did they go? How did they get out of there? How they did had, they get there? Exactly. Was somebody, there more I than mean, one? Exactly. Did they set it on fire and walk away, or was somebody, you know? I mean, the more vehicle. When you add more time, it gets more and more unhelpful. And it's not like I mean unhelpful. I mean, I guess that's the wrong word, but like. First 24 hours of the, are the crucial. Time makes things fuzzy when it comes to eyewitnesses. Exactly. People don't remember things clearly. Like you can't tell. I, I don't remember what I ate every all day yesterday. I I couldn't tell you what roads I drove. No. If they that. say your memory is best five minutes up to five minutes from a situation like yeah. this. And if you if you don't think it's weird... And you, but you see something, you're not gonna, it's not gonna sit in your memory for that long. Like, oh, right. well, it was nothing, I'll just let it go. You know what I right. mean? But if it could get jogged in your memory, somebody say, it's like, oh, yeah, oh, I did see that vehicle, you know? So I and think was- if they went right away to the press, that things might have ended differently. Not that it would have ended differently for her, but maybe somebody would have. Well, be maybe behind bars, her, but maybe they'll have a little closure. Exactly. Yeah. So get somebody behind bars and at least give them some kind of, you know, answers. Exactly. Exactly. So on to what happens next. You dun, would dun, dun. right. You would think <laughs> now that so you haven't got to her car, so you don't know what happens. I I can read it real quick. No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> so. You think uh, the phone calls would end, right? Dorothy's gone. No, they don't. They do not. Her, Somehow this guy got the number to the Vera to Vera and Jacob's house. 
Well, because, years ago, it was pretty easy to do it unless your numbers were private. So, well, that's the thing. You look up on the phone book, right? Yeah. We'll get into theories about, like, who did it, whatever, but hold on to your butts. But the phone calls began about a week after Dorothy went missing. On a Wednesday, Vera was home alone, and the phone rang. And it went like this. Are you related to Dorothy Scott, said a mysterious, gruff, nondescript voice. Vera said yes. And the caller said, I've got her, and then hung up. (gasps) So. This is cruel. This was a week later on a Wednesday, and Vera was home alone. So he, when he says, are you related to Dorothy Scott, he obviously had to go through the phone book, look up the the number Scott, and and ask every person. (laughs) One by one. So this is the it's first... too bad she didn't say no. I, well, <laughs> this is the first clue they had. And Vera explained that the voice sounded gruff and the, that the person was clearly trying to disguise it. Hmm. So, and there, I mean, there's no way to trace it. It's 1980. There's no, there's no, you know what I mean? No. No. Um, no 1169. <laughs> right. And like... Back then, to trace a number, you had to be on the phone for a certain amount of time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, 30 seconds or something stupid. Ow! Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hit my hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if the police went to the public, at this point, too, they could have people calling and be like, yeah, there's a guy that called me looking for, you know what I mean? Like Exactly. Any of you Scots out there? I'm not a detective, but I, I feel like they, like, dropped the ball making the family stay quiet for so long. Yeah. Dropped the ball and not looking into leads that they should have. I just feel like this whole thing was just a mess. Mm-hmm. So this lasted about another week before Jacob had had enough and finally went to the press. He called the Orange County Register so they could do a piece on Dorothy. They ran a story about Dorothy and her disappearance. Who called again? Her, her dad. Her dad. Okay. Yeah, that's he's what like, I no, thought. fuck this. People yeah, need to know, yeah. It. I mean, how sad is it? You know, you don't know somebody else's job, but yet you know it better. You know what's best for you. Yeah, and, exactly. And if the if some, if something bad happened, then Jacob can be like, well, this, this is on me. Like, yes. my daughter's missing. This is on me, whatever. Right, right. So, can you imagine what happened after they ran the story? They get a bunch of leads. They do not. The kidnapper called the newspaper and talked to the editor, and the editor's name was Pat Riley. He said to Pat, I killed her. I killed Dorothy Scott. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else, and I killed her. So She didn't have any boyfriends. No shit. Pat, go out. Pat, being a seasoned newspaper man, needed proof that this guy was legit at the the same one making the calls to Vera and the man who made the calls to Dorothy. He asked for details. Only the person who took her would know. The caller told Pat that Dorothy was wearing a red scarf the night she went missing and that oh. she was with a man who was being treated for a spider bite. And all of this was not in the article. So, the no, he... anything. It's somebody she works with, do you think? Maybe. Or somebody that, like, went into the store or stuff. You know what I mean? A regular. right. right. So, this phone call with the caller claiming to be Dorothy's boyfriend kind of baffled everyone because, like you said, Dorothy didn't have a boyfriend. No. She didn't date. Never mind cheating on one. Oh, shit. (laughs) She didn't date. And if she did have, like, date, it wasn't anything recent. It was all, like, short-term stuff. Yeah, yeah. The only man in her life was her son. 
whoever took Dorothy was, I think, like, in love with her, and she didn't reciprocate it. Right. It could be something so small. Like 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 you said, like reg- like worked in the store, regular in the store. Well, yeah, just offer a cup of coffee and so no thanks, you I got smug. my own. Like there's something that's called obsessive love disorder or something where you imagine like somebody's that- nice to you and you imagine that they're in love with you, even <laughs> though you have no like relationship with them. Like people will do that with celebrities. Like they right right. So I mean, it makes sense. Oh, that's just I don't know. I can't get into that mind frame. Anywho. <laughs> Months yeah. went by mm-hmm. with nothing except for one thing. Every Wednesday, Vera would get a phone call. It would always happen when Jacob was not home. This went on for four years. Four fucking years. Oh, my God. He taunted this poor grieving mother who, at this point, was also raising Dorothy's son. Oh, how He sad. would say he killed her or he had her. It would vary from call to call. And no matter what, though, it happened. Like, it would happen every week. They recorded oh these God. calls... And they would try to trace him, but the man never would be on the phone long enough. The calls are recorded. They've never been made public, though. Because, I mean, technically, I think it's still an open case. They should be able to make them public. I mean, voice recognition. Um, uh, One one Wednesday, though, in April 1984, the anonymous caller made a mistake. He called in the evening, and Jacob answered the phone. Jacob told the caller he had the wrong number, and the call stopped. Well, for a little while. (laughs) <laughs> right at this I point told ya. <laughs> at this point the case is ice cold four years with no leads they looked into sean's dad dennis but he was in missouri at the time he had witnesses that put him there and plenty like, of alibis yeah, yeah. august far away. he didn't want anything to do with her no he didn't care no august 6th 1984 construction workers working on santa anna <laughs> santa anna canyon road santa anna Canyon Road. (laughs) Unearthed what they thought were just dog bones. As they started clearing the bones away, they discovered that the dog wasn't all that was there. Underneath (laughs) the dog bones were some skeletal remains. Oh, so there was a dog. Yeah, it was a dog on top of the body. Oh my god. So you think about it, like, say you have canines looking for a dead body. Yep. You put put another dead body on top of it. Like an animal. They're gonna right. not. They're gonna smell the animal. So this guy wasn't stupid. No, clearly not. No, because he's not caught. They um they called the police right away once they realized that it was person. A dead body. Yeah. Well, <laughs> excavating the remains, they found a turquoise ring and a witch, witch wrist watch, watch. <laughs> that was stopped. A witch watch. Witch on May 29th, nineteen eighty, at twelve thirty a.m. Uh. So. Upon seeing the items, Vera was able to identify them as Dorothy's. A week later, dental records came back and it was confirmed that the remains were those of Dorothy Scott. Mm-hmm. The watch being she broken... She wasn't cut up into little pieces. No, she was. It wasn't. Her whole body wasn't there. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Big pieces. Uh, yeah. Uh, but he was stupid. He left a watch that basically gave her a time and date of death. Yeah. It was broken for t- from at 12.30 a.m. on May 29th. So, I mean, it's like she was basically killed an hour and some change after, after she, she was, was taken. So, he does... Uh, uh, okay. So, all the calls were of him saying he has her were bullshit. Unless he... Yeah. Uh, who knows if he kept her. Ooh. Yeah, well, with the uh, remains, they couldn't tell how long it had been in the ground. 
No, because it was skeleton, so they were right. able, but with the watch, they were able to give it a time frame. Kind of, yeah. She was uh, laid to rest. They held a memorial for her on August 22nd to celebrate Dorothy's life. So that, they thought they would be able to grieve properly and move on. Yeah, they thought. Yeah, you can't, because the calls are still coming in. Well, they stopped, remember? They stopped for a little while. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, um, the sick monster that killed Dorothy was not done. He killed more? No, he wasn't done with them. He called oh. them. <laughs> so you may wonder. That's what I get yeah. for not reading the whole thing. You may wonder why, like, they didn't change their phone number. Like, you think, like, okay, this is enough. Let's change our yeah, phone number. Yeah, but that's, that's too close. You, that's a connection. They know that he's the killer. Um, Do you well, want to break that tie? Well, I mean... They owned a company, and they didn't want to lose customers by changing their number. And yeah, having, yeah. And, I mean, you know that, because yes. All right. you've had the I same number it. for, what, over 20 years? Yeah, and not that I pick it up. I know, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you started you your business, call. and we moved to South Berwick, well, you obviously had your business, but that that was the, the business number for... Yeah, that's the whole, what I kept for it, so it's since, one steady phone yeah, number. Since yeah. 2000... Well, since... I was in eighth grade. We've had that number. Yes. So yes. Uh, over 20 years. Yes. It's been a while. Yeah, because I graduated next year, 20 years ago. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh-huh. Shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. 2022. I'm going into my 40th. What the frick? <laughs> what the fuck? Hey. So he called again. This time he was laughing as he asked if Dorothy was home. Oh. <gasps> Her, bro- <sighs> her brother was actually the one that answered the phone that time. Thank God. Right. The oh, calls... mama. But the calls finally stopped. Jacob, her dad, passed away in 1994, and I saw it... I think it was on her birthday. Oh. And Vera died in 2002, never knowing what actually happened to her daughter. Sean Wonder. is still out there trying to try find justice for his mom. There's, like, no movement on the case, though. That's Sean, so sad gave an interview and talked about a man I won't name because he was never technically a suspect and has since passed away, but he worked across the street from Dorothy's work and his sister worked with Dorothy. Oh, okay. Right? That would make yeah. sense. You could see as Dorothy, he could see Dorothy as she came and went from work. Right. Probably went in and right. visited his sister so Dorothy could have heard his voice but never looked into it. He was never looked into a suspect. Right. And they like, didn't look that, into many. I mean, how many did they actually look into? I don't know. They never I say. Know she didn't have, I, know, I know she didn't have any boyfriends or anything, but it doesn't seem like they did much. No. No suspects were ever named and the case is as cold as Maine in winter. so let's talk about like a reason let's like talk about why and like why you think somebody did it and who you think could have done it well for somebody to go that long in that beast that's sadistic it's obviously a mental disorder Uh, yeah but i think uh, you would think if it was a mental disorder you'd think that they'd screw up and they'd be caught well i mean so, so apparently um businessmen like guys in industry like business leaders um most of them are technically psychopaths you have really? to be yeah you have to be the in that mindset to get ahead in the business world right you know what right. i mean like kind of like you don't care who you step on kind of situation but true true a little uh, psychotic exactly mm-hmm. or sociopath it's one of the sociopath soci- yeah. maybe yeah. but it's just like I think that I they think you w- gotta have a little crazy. Yeah, he was in. I think whoever it was was definitely in love with her. She did not 
know him enough to, you know, to have any situation like that if she didn't recognize the voice. It's just like, watch out who you smile at when you caught, when you're passing people on the street, right? Yeah, exactly. But And then to continue to call her mom, I think he needed that connection to her even after he killed her. Yeah. Yeah, to continue. Because after she's dead, he that was it. Done. Done. Done, done, but done. But he continued with it. Yeah, so, I mean, once his dad answered, he didn't want to talk anymore. Was right. her dad. So maybe he was trying to disguise his voice for Vera, and maybe that's because she would have recognized it. If maybe. her husband was a co-owner, like you said, maybe somebody that worked there. Maybe. But you think that Vera would, I mean, uh, that she would know how, know the voice because yeah. she sees everybody in there, the employees. Yeah, or who knows? It's just like there's so many what ifs in this case. So like that's what why if where yeah. you know that's why there's no conclusion because it's fucking there's too many and the no I'm sorry to say the due diligence wasn't done. They no. they waited too long to put it out there. Nobody saw anything obviously because they never asked. Exactly. You know, so, I mean, I don't know about cameras in uh 80s yeah in the 80s but it was at a hospital apparently they didn't have any yeah and even so it's like her car like you should have been able to test for who knows she's speeding off in in high beams and her had to been in the car i think yeah merrick texted me his what um Merrick. <laughs> ah! So, sorry to say there's no conclusion. Dorothy Scott's murder remains a mystery, and as time goes on, the case just gets colder. It's sad that Sean probably will never, ever get justice for his mom, but he was able to get her remains and able to mourn her death and not his, spend his life wondering if she's still alive. Yeah, that would be so sad. Um, again, uh, starting this Sunday, I'll be posting a short episode showcasing missing people from different states this week uh, who have not gotten any airtime or the airtime that they deserve the first week we're going to start out at home with maine so we're going to pick three people missing recently from maine and give some information about them and who like their description i'll put pictures up of them on the socials and how to get in contact if you know anything cool cool um i'd like to get shout out katie again for helping me with the advertising with the cards and stickers and thank you, Katie, for thinking of me. <laughs> she probably wasn't, but... No, she did. That's what she said. She, she said, because your mom wants the sticker for her truck. So, we here, and this is because of Katie, McCaw Family HQ donated to the Portsmouth, New Hampshire Halloween uh, Parade. Oh. Which I highly recommend everyone attend, because it's crazy. Yes, it's supposed to be really, really fun. It's a blast. We donated some stuff to be raffled off, and in return, they'll be shouting us out at the events and on their social media, which is amazing. Nice, nice. Just for a little, just for a little help. Yeah, I will... You know, uh, a little donation. Yeah, I mean... You know? A couple gift cards, and I gave them cards and stickers of ours, and the lady was wonderful. So, as the, um, I will be talking about the events as they come through because they have events every uh, every week in October. Yep. And um, they help because this isn't a city funded event. It's it's all done by people. Yep. 
the any city is no certain, part of the city at all. The city does not certain groups or so they do funding like they raise money. The Portsmouth Halloween Parade is like their foundation, like their group. Yep. So yep. this uh, tonight at the press room in Portsmouth, there's a rock show going on. Uh, so check it out if you're in the area. You can go on Facebook for the parade at Portsmouth Halloween Parade and get tickets there. Also, which I think is so cool, especially since this is just a group-funded thing, there's yep. a free event at Port City Mark, Mark, Maker Space, which is a costume-building thing. So every Saturday night, starting on the 9th, leading up to Halloween, they have a free event. I'm going to just read it directly off the, where, okay. uh, the Facebook page. It says, quote, Halloween is truly a maker's holiday, and we love it. To share the love, every year we offer free costume building nights to encourage people to go above and beyond for the costume. Our classroom space and electronics lab spaces are open for use during these nights from 5 to 8 p.m. This is free. That's pretty cool. Members and volunteers will be around to work on their costumes and help you with yours. If you need help with another part of the... In, in, with another part of the shop, they can help you operate the equipment or guide you through the workspace. That's pretty cool. We have many tools available for for use for guests like the following. 3D printers, cricket, uh, circuit maker, sewing machines, laser cutter, hot water cutter, and lots of hand tools. I'm telling you, that place is saving a lot of moms and a lot of yayas. Well, this is like... this is My closet is still full of, you know, yeah. capes and whatever. Um, and they were not store-bought. If you want to know how to, if you don't want to use something, don't know how, they'll help you. But this is like to make, so you, well, hold on, there's more. (laughs) You make a whole thing. Well, we also have materials on hand for you to use. Electronic components for LEDs, battery packs, motors, controllers, and more. Cotton and polyester fabrics, leather and felt. Lots of scrap plywood, pine, and hardwood. So like I said, it's free, but they suggest a donation uh, for $5. And it all goes to the Portsmouth Halloween Parade. Like yeah, I said, cool. it's awesome. not funded by the city at all. This is all volunteer yep. stuff. Yep. So that, I mean, it's cool. Like, they go and they're like, okay, you want to be a part? You can march in the parade. You just go. Right. You meet at the park, Prescott Park, I believe, and you go with them. And they have a whole court. Like, costumes. Yeah. They have, then they help you make crazy, and then crazy right. costumes. A that's couple, pretty cool. Right? I mean, that's amazing. How to keep the, how to keep the uh, people together. That's and they, it's been a long year and it's like it's time to there come together. Has. Especially, everybody loves Halloween. So well, it's something that you don't have have to give gifts unless it's just candy. Exactly, it's so easy. Uh, next week starts our oddities of October month. So strange and unusual cases happening every week. Awesome, awesome! I so, can't wait. Did I tell you what we're doing? I'm just gonna say it because I don't. I mean, okay. I'm not good. There's no special order. Um, we're doing the Bridgewater Triangle, which is in Massachusetts. Yep. And that's like a, a space 200 miles, I Oddity. believe. Very odd stuff happening. Right, right. Um, we're doing the, there's a mansion in New Orleans. I told you about that. Yep, yep. Uh, Delphine Leverue, I believe her name is. Yep. Um, we're also doing Witchshot Road. What? <laughs> what? And we're doing um, this murders from Germany, and I have to Google how to say the name because it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So now all the fun stuff is over. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Please don't forget to follow us and like us on all our social medias. Instagram is Macabre Family. Facebook is the Macabre Family Podcast. TikTok is the Macabre Family Podcast. You can email us. 
at macabrefamilypod at gmail.com for any episode suggestions or anything. We love hearing for you. Have a great weekend, Macabre family. um, Yes. Tell them how to spell macabre. M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Okay, because that's your stupid mother at the very beginning of all of this. Would you say macabre? (laughs) I freaking, I don't know. I don't know. It was so wrong. M-A-C-A-B-R-E. And it's like, it rhymes too. I'm not not that that (laughs) ignorant, but you know what I'm saying here. Yes. M-A-C-A-B-R-E. It rhymes. It works out. Yay! <laughs> so stay spooky. Macabre. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stay spooky, family. Have a great weekend. Bye. <laughs>